welcome back to another episode of On Air With. And I have two of my favorite guys. It's like my my gay hubby and then like my writer hubby, but not really. Like it's this weird thing. I just upgraded him. We've been friends this whole time. So he just got upgraded to hubby on air. You're welcome. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, DR Hansen and Darnell Walker um, and um, in the current climate, uh, we really wanted to talk about protesting. I was just talking to these guys. Um, this was a um, kind of a last minute thing over, uh, it's been now seven days since the first. It was May 28th, I remember, because it was my sister's birthday. Wow. Uh, when we watched the first one yeah. um, as siblings. Um, uh, and so it's been seven days since the first one. And in this time um, of seeing just a whole bunch of people going out and protesting, uh, Jack and I were talking, we thought maybe we need to do, uh, we're actually going to release this early. We usually release on Tuesdays. We're going to release this tomorrow on Friday. Um, um, especially for people who are wanting to go out and protest this weekend. So we just kind of want to talk about what that is, um, and how to do it safely and things that people need to be concerned with. Um, so yeah, thanks to you both for like answering the call at like random times and being like, yeah, cool. I'm in. Wait, I'll follow you anywhere, Janelle. You're the best. Um, <laughs> I have, I know cool people, man. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess I just kind of want to start out talking um, specifically about the protest before we really get into it. Um, how are you guys feeling? Like, let's just do a check-in. How are you guys? I know that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. well, I, 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 it's funny. I, I was like two minutes late to this because I just left um, an affinity group for work where, um, you know, all the black people at work um, were able to sit in, in, a, in a discussion with a, a facilitator from um, a great organization called the Perception um, Group and just talk about how it feels to be black at work. And um, so we, that was the first question, and now that you bring it back up, I'm not sure if anyone answered it. I think I think I think we left it at, yeah, it's a loaded question, and, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I think we just sat there and was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I th um, I'm, um, I don't even know. I, I'm mad. I'm I'm all right. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm anxious. I'm cool. <laughs> um, you know, it's like it's like all these things. It just yeah. depends on the moment. Like yeah. I'm cool right now. I hear noise outside, and I'm like, "Has the protest made it up here? Right? What's going on? Um, yeah. Let me go outside. Um, I see a cop down in the bodega, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah. I get angry." You know, so it's just like moment to moment. Right now, I'm I'm good. Um, just had a great discussion with uh, some amazing coworkers, and I'm talking to you guys, and I'm excited about this. Um, so I'm good right now. Darnell, where are you? You said Bodega. Are you in New York? Yeah, I'm in New York. Holy shitballs. Yeah, man. How about you? Uh, Dallas. Okay, yeah. Right on. So, I mean, right there, we've got two different experiences yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. and like, on even in our protester perspective, but on top of the COVID okay. pandemic perspective. Like, Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I've been here. yeah, I've been here since uh, November, and um, it's been a hell of a 2020 in New York. 
man. You know, like I was telling someone, like you just mentioned COVID. I was like, is COVID oh, yeah. still out there? Right, right. Forgot. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was like, are we still doing COVID? Wait a minute, are we, st- are we still talking about that? Nobody, like, I mean, nobody's died in like seven days. So <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know. Like, I, I really, I honestly said to somebody like, okay, so like <laughs> when, when COVID happened, of course, that's the thing that it, it blew up everybody's world, right? Because like, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we function? And then murder hornets came and I was like, what the hell is a murder hornet? Like, what, what the hell is that? And then this mm-hmm. happened. And now I'm like, can we go back? Can I get murder hornets for 200? Can <laughs> I just- someone, someone was like, yesterday, someone was like, coming in July, crotch crickets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw I saw a bingo thing that was like bingo 2020 for like the rest of the year, and one of them was like Jesus come back and we kill him again. And I'm just like, what? I, I can't. I know, right? Like, but that's that's the trajectory we're on. Like, yes, it's, it's right. crazy. It's like, right. Well, the the trajectory that we're on is like anything could happen. That's that's exactly. where we are. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we, like who thought you were gonna have a pandemic and then race riots and then like and then little Rupert dies and, and <laughs> you, know, you know like all all this crazy shit just it's like yo yeah. what the hell man yeah people um, don't have jobs people don't know how they're gonna eat like how, like I, i'm over here just but, looking around the corner at july like i don't know Mm-mm. i ain't going into july first who going first i'm not going yet when september ends you know right put it on i honestly think that a lot of those things that we just discussed and talked about is why the protests are happening, I think, um, with the veracity that they're happening right now. The mm-hmm. idea that people are out of work, people are concerned about their job. Um, this isn't just about George Floyd. This isn't oh, just uh, about, uh, I mean, it is very much about Black Lives Matter, but there's also a capitalistic element to this. The idea that oppression doesn't only come in police brutality, it comes economically as well. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that play out with the pandemic and then now on top of the atrocity that happened to George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor. Like, it's just, it's, George Floyd was the straw that broke the camel's back on top of all these things mm-hmm. that have just been, we've been in a continual trajectory of showing all of the cracks and holes in American politics and government and country. And now this is the result of that, you know, this is what we've been reaping for centuries. Yeah, it's, it's dope because you can see, like from city to city, you see, you know, people, everyone's fighting for black lives, right? But then you, from city to city, it's like black lives and yeah. I want these statues removed. Black lives and yeah. we need more jobs. Black lives and we need to remove this governor because so it's, you know, it's like all, so it's like the and, which is, well, I think it's dope, you know, like in, I'm from Virginia and we've been fighting for years to get these uh, Confederate statues moved. Yeah. Like I said, I sat on a um, uh, on a panel, just, uh, I don't even know, time makes no sense anymore, right. but I think but it was like time. a year and a half, two years ago, right, like yeah. two years ago maybe, or maybe three years, and where they were like, okay, once the, we're gonna have this three session thing and then we're gonna decide, and it was decided, okay, let's remove it. And then nothing happened. They said, oh, we can't. And I was like, so y'all wasted my time. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I went to Virginia to attend these things. I didn't live there. So it's like, you wasted my time. And so yeah. now it's like, okay, bring them down. Yeah. Let's make this happen. So, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just proud of like all the people who, um, 
who are still going. Like I'm working on a, a writing a, about how far we should go. And, um, and I just hope that, you know, I don't want any more, any more people to die. I just hope yes. more and more politicians keep adding fuel to the fire so we keep going. Yeah, what else can you make us angry about? Yeah, okay, let's <laughs> this trash can and yell Radio Raheem when I, when I break your, your <laughs> You know, um, yeah, man, it's heaven. Yeah, I, um, I had a, I've had several conversations that uh, I've, I know I've told DR about, I hadn't really, I had an opportunity to really check in with you, Darnell, um, except for like the random text messages, but I had a conversation that, uh, <clears throat> it tested my patience. Um, I'm trying really hard. Like, I feel like doing echoes is also like, uh, it's exercising a social muscle of sorts mm. um, that that um, is teaching me patience um, in terms of like communicating things and trying to be as clear and concise. And then also picking the fights, like really discerning, like, are you listening? Are you just talking? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and so I tried, I tried, man. And it, and one of the things, one of the like long list of 10 things that I could go into that I won't, uh, that he said was like, you know, this, like this hasn't happened in my lifetime. And I was like, we're the same age, homie. Um, so like, like it, if you really look at it, like it's every 30 years, right? If you really start counting backwards, 92 were LA the LA riots, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah. You count back 30 years from that, it was in the 60s. The highest peak time for like lynchings was 1890s and 1920s. So you count back, that's just 40 years from that. Like, so really it's like every 30, 40 years. So like, my question is, what are you doing right now to make sure this don't happen in 2050? Like, what are you doing right now? Like, <clears throat> because we got a track record. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Of of this. And it it's kind of like this volcano that just kind of what you're seeing with people, you know, with I mean, for seven days. This is a long time. Usually you have a couple of protests here, you have them for a week, but like every single day and all, and like I think they said it's officially every state yep. now has had one. Really? I I I saw something. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check. Yep. I'm gonna double check. Check on North Dakota. I don't know. Check on North Dakota. Yeah. I, I question those. We don't well, really count those. Wait, we're not talking about like, like we're not talking about mass states. Just, just now. Remember, there are about seven black people. So we're 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 two or more are gathered. Oh, no. You see what I'm saying? Right. Okay, <laughs> okay. We're not talking about the flat. I, I call it the uh, the comment section of the U.S. Right. The whole, the whole middle area. <laughs> you know. Well played. Well played. But I mean, for the, um, but either way, like for the Mm. amount that we've seen in the past seven days, and I know that there are um, some happening tomorrow and Saturday in Dallas, for sure. There, um, there, I think through Sunday, they've been planned and they're all over, um, uh, Frisco, Arlington, Irving, Mm -hmm. um, one in Denison last night. Yeah. Denton is having one daily, they said in the, in the square. So, um, yeah, it is, there's a lot of options out there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not over. No. It's, and here's the thing that we need to remember is that this is, this is a marathon with baton. This is not a sprint. Yeah. We need to, we need to be able to pass the baton to somebody else and somebody else needs to pick up the baton. Um, this is, we need to keep going. Yeah. Um, so, you know what I want to ask? 
<laughs> specifically because, um, and I'll, I'll kind of tell you guys a little bit where um, this particular episode came from um, is because I kept hearing amongst the sanitized versions of MLK, but again, another topic for another day. Um, <laughs> uh, what I kept hearing is like these comparisons to the 1960s movements. Um, and the issue that I was having is like, but y'all not doing it right? You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know that I could really compare it to the 1960s movement. And I think that I'm saying that is not like you're not doing it right. It's like, you don't even look like you're dressed the part right now. Mm. And so like part of the episode was not to like shame people and that they're not doing it right, but let them know like there are ways that you can, there are things to expect. Um, there are things to wear. There are things to do that will help you and sustain you in the yeah. protesting so that you're not just playing at revolution. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like heels and these heels ain't gonna work for this 30 right. hour march. Right. And, right, and, right, right. and you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer, I, like I don't play any respectability politics at all, but we know who came out here for Instagram and who came out here for justice, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I see all these photos being posted and it's like, what were you really doing there? Like, it's a lot of selfies. <laughs> there are a lot of selfies happening. Right. You know, um, and you're right, like, they, we know. Um, and, you know, I just, you, I don't know. Like, I just, actually know what's funny. I just got this this text message <clears throat> of, a, of a flyer for a protest that's happening tomorrow or Saturday. Mm -hmm. Where is it? It's right here. It says, 100 plus black men, young men, women, young... Uh, young men, women, and young women, come and march with us, no matter your race, gender, or, or nationality, blah, 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 blah. Dress code, suit or tie. Uh, I mean, suit and tie or shirt and tie. Women, you wear your Sunday's best. Let's show them another side of us. Like, what the fuck are you? I can't wait to post this. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I hope, I hope they come and arrest every single one of you. <laughs> Like that's respectability politics. Like, oh, let's yeah. show them that we're respectable yeah. black folks, and yeah. we can wear a suit. You will die too. Yeah, I have many pictures of black you men hanging in a suit. They right. hung black men in suits. Yeah, like yeah. so. What the hell? Like, I have no idea what this is even about. No, and honestly, like honestly, you'll just be ready for the casket. That's all you're doing. You oh. just got you just got dressed because it ain't gonna change. That's exactly. not that. That's not what's changing. So yeah, like that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. And I and like I said, it's not necessarily to shame people because I think for a lot of people, this may be their first. And I say that because, and I, I know I've talked to you, DR, about this in the past, like where there is, I have seen a change specifically in my white ally friends. Whereas at, at one point there were people that were like, all lives matter and they didn't understand why that was bad. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years would go by and they were like, black lives matter. And I was like, cool. And then their family would be like, all lives matter. And then they'd like it, right? And then a couple of years would go by. And now that's kind of where we are with a, with a lot of my white ally friends who are like, black lives matter. And their family is like, all lives matter. And then my friends are like, no, I said what I said. And this is why. So like, I'm seeing like that change. But with that awakening also comes um, the need to like learn because this is some, like, I know not to wear flip-flops to a protest. Like, 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 what, what you doing? Like, yeah. 
Like, that's mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? Like, I know, especially, especially right now, um, with tear gas being used and people throwing bricks, like, especially right now, like, these are, you need to be able to leave, you need to be able to move, you need to be able to, so I don't know, I haven't been on the front lines, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm still COVID scared, so uh, I, I don't really go out on the front lines. For the two of you who I know have been on the ground recently, I know, DR, I've seen a couple of your stuff, and I know you've called before you've gone. Uh, Darnell, what's it like in New York? I think you went somewhere recently, too. Yeah, I've been to um, a few here. Um, it's it's strange, you know, like um, in Brooklyn, it's pretty heavy. It's, um, you know, we're definitely fighting back and not taking it in in the city. It's more, I don't know if it's organized, but it's definitely been a little more peaceful, I guess. Um, And I'm for both. I'm for, you know, I'm for fighting back. You know, I'm for doing what needs to be done or just walking down the street peacefully and looking the cops in their face. Um, I think a lot, but a lot of it is kind of, you know, like you grow up and you like, I, I, I grew up in protest and I've been protesting my whole life. And, you know, you hear these stories about like the, the police who are undercover in the crowds and, and, all, and it's like now here being here in New York, I see it. And it's like, you're wow. obviously the police. Wow. Um, and it just takes everything in me <laughs> to just be like, all right, I'll just wait till you show up. As you know, let me, yeah. let me see how this plays out. Um, it's maddening. It's crazy. It drives you crazy because it's like you don't know what to do. You don't know what if what you're doing is working. You want more people to show up. The people who you feel should show up aren't showing up. Um, you don't know if you can trust the people who are there. Like you got yeah. people here dropping bricks off. Like, yep. yeah. here, take this brick, throw it through the window. No, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I was, I was in a crowd recently. And we were walking, um, we were walking, and you see, like, the cops just disappear. Like, they had a bunch of cops out there, and they just leave. And someone says, oh, the cops are gone. I, w- I wonder what happened. I was like, they, they're, they're probably, they're not gone. They're somewhere in this crowd. Wait, no, they're not gone. They're probably you. Right, or you. <laughs> or you, officer. And that's yeah. how, I, like, when people ask me crazy shit here during this protest, they'll, you know, they'll be like, you know, um, you know anything about any looting? I don't, officer. No, <laughs> no I don't. Uh, excuse me. And so, uh, but you, I, you know, there. I saw the cops. They came over, and there were two two people in the crowd who were just marching like everybody else. Yeah. And I mean, you know, thousands of people. And the cops come over and gently arrest these two people who 100% complied. And I'm like, oh, they taking them back to work because there's no way that these were protests. Mm. The way they, I mean, like literally came over and was like, we're taking you down, put them in the strut in the hand wrap things and put them in the car. And I'm like, oh, this is how you do it. Okay, cool. Now we know. Um, You have people who in every protest who are not protesting but out to make money. It's like, hey, I'm selling these T-shirts. Yeah, okay, no, this is not the moment. This is not that time. You know what I mean? They're Uh, trying to hawk their Instagram ideas. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Stop yelling underscore. Stop telling me what your name underscore is. Like, (laughs) 
Like, I, no, I don't care about that. No, everyone, like, are you an activist or are you an, or do you want to be a social media influencer? Like, yeah. no, and then you, I guess you can be both, but it's not why we're here. And um, so it's, it's different. I went to the, um, to the black, well, yeah, I guess it was the Black Trans Lives Matter uh, March um, two days ago at Stonewall. And that was probably one of the more um, coordinated uh, protests I've been to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like, I, I think it was the second day of the, it was the first day of the eight o'clock curfew. Huh. Okay. Um, so we were out there till eight o'clock and maybe even longer. Like, I, you know, no one here respects the police and you got to catch me. You know, it's like that type of thing. So it's whatever, but um, the, they've been going and I, I've been really happy to see that people are still going and, and it doesn't seem like it's going to die out anytime soon. I hope um, they show up with tear gas and we still show up tomorrow. I mean, real fast about the tear gas stuff. I mean, the Geneva Convention has has labeled that and defined that as uh, uh, a human rights violation. You are not supposed to be using tear gas on other humans. That is really? out there in black and white text. And cops are using it. Like, I don't, I don't, that, that is just one more piece of that giant iceberg about police brutality and lack of training. That's just 100% problematic. And it's a show of force. It's a fear tactic used to keep um, protesters in their place. And it, I, I just don't know why we can't look at that and, and, and fix that. But I mean, I also don't know why we can't stop killing black people. So, I mean, I don't really, it's, if you try to, like, if you try to approach any type of logic to this, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense and it's maddening and you can spiral out of control when you do that. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I wanted just to say that to the, the people listening that tear gas is not okay. Like one more thing to remember. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know if you watched black AF yet on Netflix, but um, he's like the answer to any question you will ever ask me is because of slavery. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> because of slavery. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's 100% fair and valid and not wrong. Um, it, you know, the, the conversation, I, like, uh, another one of the things that I was saying in, in respect to the because of slavery, uh, the conversation with this other person on Facebook uh, where he compared a lot of, like, oh, but in the 60s, you know, they had these great movements and all this other stuff. And, you know, now we have... Greek organizations that are just for blacks and um, BET and then you guys are the ones who are setting up segregation and I was like it's very clear that you don't know really anything but you're talking so about like so like I'm gonna dismiss like those things in particular but I am gonna say um, historically speaking like even if you're looking at the co- like first of all our country was not founded for me um, okay. our country was set up to serve rich white men. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and it was set up and, and when they realized that there were less rich white men, because that's how they were staying rich, they had to find ways to um, include poor white men and white women. And the way that they were able to do that is by saying, at least you're not black, or at least you're not, or at least you're not. And if you want to go back in the history, all of the things that we've been talking about, like the foundation is breaking. That's why you upset. The foundation mm-hmm. is breaking. 
And now the whole house is coming down and you don't know what's happening because that's how we built our entire country. So if you want to look at police, the first police was the slave patrol anyway. So like, if that's how the police department started and that's how it was founded and y'all ain't willing to undo slave patrol, then we gonna keep having black men being killed. Yeah. Because it's on like faulty ground. Mm-hmm. It's on faulty ground. So like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like all of that to everything. The answer is because of slavery, because, because of slavery, because of slavery, because that's, yeah. because that's where it is. Because, because what, what the statement is saying is not just because of slavery. It's because of the foundation that we've built our entire country on, which is false superiority. Yeah, and, and it's funny. You say, you talk about like them letting, you know, telling, uh, the poor, the poorer white folks that, you know, at least you're not black. You know, I was in, like I said, I'm from Virginia. I, I remember me and one of my brothers were walking into like a food spot one day and this, this truck rode by, it was three white, three white guys in it. And one was like, nigger, and kept riding. And I was like, but you're not really racist though, because <laughs> when it, like, you're not a part, you have no money. And then two, when rich white people take over, you're going to be left here with us. And you're going to be looking at me like, I'm sorry, what can we do to work together to get built up? Like, I remember it was an episode of um, 30 Rock. I don't know if you watch 30 Rock at all, but I love the show. And it was an episode where you have Jack Donaghy, who's like the rich, extremely rich white man. And you have Kenneth, who's like the volunteer uh, page at the the company. Yeah, the intern, who's poor. He's from the country. And... Uh, Kenneth, I think it's an episode where Kenneth gets a little bit of money and he's like, oh, Jack, this is what it feels like to be rich. And Jack was like, actually, Kenneth, we look at you more like an inner city Latina. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, rich white people telling. look at poor white people and say, he's one of us. No. No, not. <laughs> and living in New York, it's like, New Ooh. York is prop, like, New York is so crazy that even white people here are segregated. You know what I mean? So it's like living here makes me see like, oh, oh yeah, those rich people, those rich white folks on the Upper East Side, they look at the white folks on the on the uh, Upper West Side like, huh, poor whites. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you're not one of them. You're not, you, no. you, you, you call me a nigger all you want. I'm not that. But also you have no power and you're not really racist. You're just a bigot and prejudiced. Um, Darnell, I've got a question for you about um, noticing cops in the crowd. Like, how? What do you? What? What can? What can I look for when I go out to to see? Because honestly, on Monday when I was walking, this kid and I started talking, and his first question to me was, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Get out of here, man! Don't be asking me no question like that." I know, but I'm pretty confident he wasn't a cop. But I was just like, my guard went up, and I was like, "Yeah," but sometimes you don't know, like. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I, I think you just really have to use that sense of discernment. You know, it's like, okay. like, I, like when the cops picked up those two people, like that was very obvious that sure. these two people were cops, you know? It's um, just staying vigilant and being aware of your surroundings. Yeah, it's like, okay. you know what not to answer. You see people, like people are going to take pictures. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you can't avoid that, but it's those questions you hear. It's like, you know... Um, how they react when they see cops, you know, like it's, it's all of that. Um, They're also, you know, you watch for people who are trying to, trying to agitate some, trying to, trying to uh, instigate a a fight or instigate anything. It's like, this is a peaceful protest. What are you doing? Like I saw, you know, I, um, 
this woman pulled up and I saw a video the other day of a woman pulling up in a car and handing the protesters bricks. And the, the one black woman was like, what the fuck are you doing? Gave her a brick back, was like, get the fuck out of here before we fuck you up. Because this is not what this is about. Yeah. You try to come out here and you're trying to start some shit. And, you know, and a lot of times those are police officers. When I was in Ferguson, you know, we were in the crowd and there were people who would come up and we like literally to be a, a peaceful protest. And you would see like an older white guy walk up and just like, yeah, fuck these cops and throw a bottle at the police officers. And it's like, yo, what are you doing? You trying to get them to shoot into the crowd? And yeah. like, I know you're, I know you're a cop. Like, I know you are. Um, and it happens a lot. Like, they need these, that way the news can report, oh, yep. there was violence against police officers, the looters, the, the protesters, da 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 Protesters, the protesters, uh, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm all for the looting. I don't give a shit. Bre- break into the shit, get the TVs you need, whatever you want to do. Take it all down. But also, um, a lot of times protesters aren't looting. The protesters are protesting. Yeah. And so they keep saying the, the, the protesters, they're looting. Like, no, they're not. The protesters are protesting. The looters are over here yeah. uh, looting. And that's a, that's a protest as well. But it ain't got shit to do with the protesters that you should be reporting about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm for whatever, whatever's going to get people's attention. Like, exactly. I love, yeah. like last week, you know, in L.A., I lived in L.A. for a long time and um, they hit the uh, Alexander McQueen store. Yep. And so someone tweeted. So I was like, like the news, re- the news tweeted it out. They wrote a story about it and someone retweeted it. and was like, oh, the, uh, the protesters with style have finally arrived. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I 100 percent agree with you, Darnell, about um, the looting. I'm not going to go out there and do that, but right. I kind of I kind of support it hands down. Absolutely. Because nothing has changed and we need to make sure that this movement and this moment is not for naught. So we need to make that lasting change. And I see how this could do that. My mm-hmm. only thing that I'm going to say about that is y'all focus on the corporations. They've got the insurance that can handle this shit. We go. Try to stay away from the mom and pop places. Try to stay away from small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a small business owner, my husband and I own a shop in Dallas and we've had very um, serious conversations about this. Of course we don't want anyone to come into our place and um, attack and threaten our livelihood. But at the end of the day, we've got support systems in place to, to, to take care of us and our staff. We will be okay. We will get through it. The people who aren't gonna get through this right now are George Floyd's family, are Ahmaud Aubrey's mm-hmm. family. They've got something that can never be replaced. They have something that insurance can never even come close to addressing. Exactly. So just be mindful about where you're going if you're gonna do that. I, yeah. I'm not supporting it, but just, Go to Louis Vuitton. He can handle. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I will say, as uh, like um, as the Echoes person, right? As the Echoes media <laughs> person, <laughs> whose podcast this is. Uh huh. Um, I will say, this is a personal. I'm not going to speak for all of Echoes because I'm not the only one here. I will, however, say that the person who leads the company, which is me, uh. I am Ed, <laughs> and I, like, and I am mad that I am mad. Like, I'm right. not. I right. don't feel. I don't feel bad for not being mad. Now, I have said this on my personal page. I am not one who's going to like. I'm not for the support necessarily of destruction of property, but I am mad that it's happening. Like, yeah. and by that I mean I'm not going to be the one that's going to go out there and take stuff. Um, 
I'm not the one that's going to go out there and like steal TVs and stuff like that. Also though, I also realize that that is a privilege that I have because I'm not going to do it because I don't need it. Exactly. I don't need TVs. Mm -hmm. I don't need clothes. Um, So I also recognize that part of the reason, part of me saying I'm not going to do it and I'm not in support of it is because I don't need nothing. I'm going to, I'm going to echo that as well. Uh, Janelle, I want to recognize what I just said about my business and everything that there's a lot of privilege in that and I'm grateful for it. And I don't want to uh, uh, take it for granted. Um, So again, if, if a group of people has been oppressed and marginalized for centuries and they have been kept out of this economic world that we live in and they are still being murdered, then of course go grab that television that you've never been able to have because you've been unable to achieve the education that you should as a person in this country and have not been able to have a job that can give you the funds to live the life that everyone else should. Like, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Or shit, maybe I just want my reparations. Maybe this maybe, is just Maybe there's that. You know, shit, yeah. I got money. But I tell you what, if I walk past, if I walk past a store that has the cologne I want, I'm going in there and getting it. And if they're in there and the, the windows are broken and people are running in and out, I'm going in. I'm going <laughs> And I have the money to pay for it, but Keep I'm going to get it anyway. Like you saw the you saw the video of the of the white woman walking out of Target with the two lamps. Did you see that? And I was like, absolutely. Those were probably on her Pinterest list all year. And she was like, shit, they at Target right now. Fuck it. They are five hundred dollar lamps. I'm going to get two. And went home. You know, I'm getting this TV so when shit calms down, I can put this shit on Facebook Marketplace and make three hundred bucks and feed my family. Whatever that is. Like whatever reason they're doing it, I don't, you know. Break it, break it. But yeah, stay away. Like the mom and pop shops um, are are very important, especially in communities. Like a lot of them support a lot of the communities. Um, and I think that we should show love to them. Um, go, yes, absolutely. Go after those corporations. Hit Target, hit Walmart. You know, if, if you're going to do it. I, mean, I tell anybody. I'm not saying store. do it. I'm not making I'm the list of many stores to hit. But right. if you're, it's like the whole OJ book. I'm not saying I, I killed her, but if I did, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying you should still, but if you do, go yeah. to Target, Walmart, and these corporations that have time and time again not shown like, real support in yeah. in your community, liquor stores in your community don't, don't give a shit about you. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what was interesting that, like, Journal, I think my I, we hadn't even finished talking, but my one of my takeaways from this conversation is just the, the cops in the crowd. So when I um, made this list of things that I wanted to, to talk about, it was like what to expect, what to wear. Um, the cops in the crowd was not even on my like no cops would be there, but the cops in the crowd, I think I hadn't even thought about. And so that is one thing for those of you who are new to the protesting. They are there. Would you tell them why that's important and why you need to be vigilant? Like, like even when they're asking specifically, where are you from? What, like, why? What's your hesitance? Tell people why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like they're they're trying to figure out how to locate you, how to find you after this, how to bring charges uh, charges on you, um, and so like just don't answer any question that's not necessary. Where are you from? Um, can we? Can I keep in touch with you after? Let's take a selfie. No, this is not why we're here. Absolutely not. You see me at the next protest. Also, layer up. You know, um, you. in New York, there was a whole thing of cops were grabbing people off the subway after um, 
the protest. And it's like, no, okay, so when you get on the train, take that top layer off, yep. change the shirt, put a sweatshirt on, put a hat on, whatever, um, so you don't look like the same person they got a picture of. Yep. Um, because the like the, those cops in the crowd are sharing pictures with the with the street cops. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you know like I I literally live half a block away from a, the police station here, and so all day you see the undercover cops go, pulling into the garage. I don't know if they're coming from protest, but judging by how they look, they would absolutely fit in um, at the protest. Have you um, seen an increased like increased movement of undercover cops? Um. Like I don't even I don't even walk that direction. So that's fair. Yeah. You know, like I can I can see it from my window. Like if I go to my window right here, I yeah. can see the police station. Um, but I I walk the other way to go to the train. So, uh, but when I do, like if I drive or when friends come, they'll park there. Uh, but my grocery store is in that direction. So you see them like just get it, parking the car in the middle of the street and just getting out in some baggy jeans and a t-shirt. And it's like oh, okay, I see them in the train station. I. Like several times, I, they, there's a police station in the train station that is in my direction I walk. And you'll get there and you'll see guys just standing around like skateboards and scooters. And they look like a grunge, grunge kid or a punk kid. And then you see somebody jump the turnstile. And all of a sudden, this, this skateboarder turns into a police officer who's tackling them to the ground. Wow. And it's like that cop would actually absolutely fit in to the protest. Yeah. Um, and so you just have to, I just say, assume everybody's a cop, yeah, even, the people, even the people speaking. Like you have people who are there that are speaking that are, uh, I mean, look, look how the Panthers were taken down. You know what I mean? By inserting these police officers. The whole civil rights movement was taken down by the government, putting these people in place that were like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a member of, uh, I'd love to walk with Dr. King and so and so. Okay, well, let's get this information. You know what I mean? They, and even if they, aren't cops. It doesn't take much to, to pay somebody to yeah. give information. Hey, I'll, let me buy, how many pictures did you take of the crowd today? I'll buy all of them off you for a thousand bucks, you know, or whatever. Um, so just trust no one um, except yourself and uh, just go there with, with, a, with a very, uh, with, a good, with an intention yeah. to yeah. say, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm gonna do, know your limits. And I mean, if you're, if you're like, I, like a couple days ago, the protest, this girl says, you know, I'm just here for the Instagram pictures. I was like, it'd be a damn shame if you died for, for a couple of likes. Right. I did. Because like, the reality, I mean, you, any, at any protest, you could die out here. You yeah. could lose your eye. You could get shot in the leg. You could, you know, anything could happen. And so it would, it would be a shame if you're not there for the right reasons. Right reasons. I think Darnell intention is, is key with this. It's something that I, I kind of wrestle with all the time on Monday. I went with the intention of, I, I took an umbrella in case, you know, they were going to shoot something in the crowd and I just paced behind everybody as like, you know, a really like misguided, silly way to kind of protect the crowd. And I'm sure someone thought I was a cop because I was a white man with an umbrella. It's like pacing back and forth <laughs> like a weirdo. But my intention was like, if someone was to shoot something, I could pop up that umbrella and, you know, right. maybe. Absolutely. But uh, so there's, there's a lot in there. And I think that especially as white people that are coming to this thing, like know your intention. Why are you there? And, and be careful of the space that you're taking up. You know, like I've seen some images where white protesters are going in front of the crowd. And I, 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 I think that's amazing because it's meant to be protection. 
There's also the added weird optic of like a bunch of white people in front of a Back Lives Matters going there. So it's just like, there's so many different things that are going on here and you can be easily dismantled by anything. So as long as you know your intention, and you stick to that, I think you're going to be much better off. Yeah. Um, and about the police, like on the bridge on Monday, um, they are there to um, seed misinformation to uh, divide the crowd. I, I heard multiple times, two instances, you know, one of the state troopers was talking to um, one of the protesters who was detained with a zip tie sitting on the ground. And he was telling them that somebody threw like makeshift bombs at the cops. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe you, motherfucker. Like, right. I, you know, you, you have a history of uh, just like so many things wrong. Yeah. But at the, in that moment of like, again, you're, you're sitting there, you've got a zip tie down, you are a vulnerable human being. And so it's easy to receive that information from somebody who has placed there in authority that is abusing their authority and to take that as the truth. Another guy told us that the, the protester, another cop told us that um, Dominic, who was leading the protest, bounced and ran away when things got real. And we all were like, holy shit, that motherfucker. And I had to pause and rewind my own experience to be like, he was right next to me when we were being cornered on the bridge. I looked up and Dominic was there on the phone trying to take care of the situation. And that cop was able to affect my memory of two hours ago and yep. made me think that Dominique bailed on us. He abandoned us. And he that's did. what they do. That's what they, that's that's what what they, they do. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, so if they're like, like, trust no police officer, but like I'm, I'm, I'm now, like I've, I've never trusted cops. Like I've, I'm one, you know, I had my first experience probably at like nine or 10 and then so early in life and to, to see how cops were. And so there's never been a time in history that I've actually trusted police officers. And so for me, it's like seeing pictures of people who are like, it was a video today or a picture today of a kid who walked up to the cops and like, look, I'm, why do you hate me? No, fuck, fuck them. No, stop <laughs> going up to these fucking police officers asking them why they hate you. They hate you. Don't do not go up there. This is not your job to make them feel comfortable. It's yes. not your job to make them feel welcomed here. Their job is to protect you. They're scared of you. They're and they can't protect you if they're scared of you. Like I'm not for any of that. And they're going to lie. They're going to manipulate the situation. This is what they do. Like there was the the whole meme a couple of days ago um, about you know saying like cops are just like those abusive boyfriends. You know because then there's there's these news articles going around saying the cops are now kneeling with the protesters and kneeling in protest. Well, it's a it's a little bit too late for that. It's a and lot too late. A, oh, all the way, all the way, and it's you know especially with the whole police force beginning in slavery as slave catchers. Like there was never a time in history where you should have been kneeling with us anyway. But also, um, it's like you know they they manipulate. They, ha you know, everything gets bad. And then all of a sudden you see pictures of cops showing up in the neighborhood, playing basketball with, with little boys. and Dancing the newest dance craze. Dance, dance with the yeah. girls, double dutching. And we're all like, there are good cops out there. No, fuck that. There, there, there are no good cops. If there are bad cops out there, that the good cops aren't turning in. Because exactly. they, all know, they all know a bad cop that they aren't saying anything about. They all know one. And, and they're keeping quiet. And yep. so he's not good. And so I don't trust any of them. They, they can say what they want. And I just sit there like, oh, okay, right, right on. Okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And move on. Just let me, let me out of these handcuffs. So, so I, I also want to 
talk about like what to wear. So when you said something about layering up, I thought of layering up for another reason. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to focus very specifically on what to wear. Cause I was saying like these open toed shoes, these whatever, whatever, you don't know what's going to happen. And if you need to make any, any quick moves, flip flops ain't helping. Nope. Um, so like if, and again, this is also about knowing your intent. Right. And so if your intent is to go there and take a picture, I'm sure you could go there and rock some heels. Go for it. But also, if your intent is to be there to work, which is what we're doing, that's what protesting is, we're working, um, you dress accordingly. And you can't move in flip-flops or, or what have you. But also, with tear gas and um, oh. all of these other things, those things get into your pores and all of that other stuff. So, like... I wanted to talk very specifically about what to wear. So when you're looking at what people were wearing back in the day too, there were, there were reasons for that. Of course, it's different styles and stuff like that. But um, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the reasons for what you're wearing. Is it, should you wear a hat? Should you not wear a hat? Like, what are your experiences? Um, yeah. Layering up also, it, you could take those clothes off if there is tear gas that comes into yep. the crowd. Exactly. Um, and they, they can, can go into protection. They could be like an extra shirt could be used as a as a wrap for your face, uh, a uh, you know a cover for your face to help wipe out your eyes. Um, um, long sleeves, depending, you know, um, jeans. Because, you jeans, need, yeah. That's what, you know, that's what tear gas does. Tear. It's not. It's not an actual gas. It's a. Um, it's this thing that just clings to your skin and to your pores. Like you said, it gets in there. And it's meant to burn and and just really fuck you up. And so, um, anything to to not get that on you. And and I think most of the time, like a lot of times, you just you think, oh, it's going to be a peaceful protest. I can wear. I I don't have to wear so and so. Or we're just going to stand in one place. Like I've been to protests where it was like, oh, it's just going to be here, and we ended up walking seventeen miles. You know what I mean? So it's been like. You don't know. So it's like if I'm here, I, I need to be prepared for all situations. So sneakers, um, I, every time, any, any protest I go to, I have my backpack. And so there, there's a long sleeve shirt or a sweatshirt in there. I might go out there in um, jeans and a t-shirt, but at some point, if it goes into night, I'm putting on the other shirt. Um, you want to bring um, water, you know, of course. Um, and luckily, and now, nowadays, and probably forever we had people that were there to hand out water mm -hmm. um which is great um and and even people are net like there there are videos on youtube now a friend of mine deronda she hit me up the other day and she's like i want to raise money to help protesters because she's in dc she's protested in dc and richmond and she's like they're tear gassing the protesters like almost every night i think and i'm like she's like i want to i want to raise enough money to get gas masks mm -hmm. and i'm like those are expensive. Let's see what we can do. So, you know, uh, she and I were looking through YouTube. So there are ways to make your own gas mask out of like soda bottles. You know what I mean? And so. Um, can you send me that link and I'll put that on the link. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it for you. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, so you want to bring that hats? Yes, absolutely. Again, for identification purposes, but also to kind of, if shit goes crazy, you don't want the shit in your hair or, anywhere um um uh, yeah i can't think of anything else but yeah i mean just bring a backpack like anything that you're like just in case yeah put it in your backpack um so, i have a stupid question because i would i would have thought that the backpack is less safe because you can it can be grabbed 
mm-hmm. what what what's your response to that yeah i mean it could be um and, in, and a lot of times when shit goes down it, it could be snatched from you but also most times i most times i'd say it it's more it's safer to do it if if okay. you have things that you need to bring yeah um because you know they do they do make those um fanny packs that lay flat against your stomach and so no one would ever know you had one or the bigger ones um but you know a lot of times some people just show up with what they have on and so there are ways to do you know of course there are ways to tie your shirt around your waist if you need to just take the top collar shirt off and just wear a t-shirt but uh, me, I'm coming with my camera. I'm coming with like all this stuff. I got. I need my charger just in case I'm going to be out here all night. Um, uh, I need uh, no. I need like a writing pad because you never know what's going to happen. You might have to pass a number out. Like I remember when we were in Ferguson, and they, the cops were taking um, were taking people's phones, and um, you know, and any pieces of paper you had on you. They were taking those too, so we got to the point where we had to get to bring a sharpie and write write lawyers' numbers on our bodies. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I was I was gonna say, Darnell, like a sharpie is key because even key. I had a pen on me, and as they were closing in, we were trying to do that, and the pen wasn't working. Pens won't work, yeah. Sharpie, y'all, like mm-hmm. I number two, three on the top of the list. Take a sharpie with you. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and so yeah, like. Every everything that you, anytime I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should bring this. I'm bringing it. Yeah, you know I mean? maybe because you might not need it. Somebody might need it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think Darnell, what you're what you're showing and what you're, give, you're giving a prime perfect example of is you stopped before you decided to go and you thought about what could I possibly need, and we all can do that. And the more you do it, the more you're going to learn about what you need to bring with you. But before you go, carve out 10, 15 minutes and think about all the things that could happen that day or that night at this protest and what you're going to need with you on your person and take that with you. Because if you can't protect yourself at the beginning, you're going to be a, a complete hindrance to the entire movement. If you're in heels and a heel breaks off, someone's going to have to pick your ass up and carry you someplace else. And that's going to prevent something else from happening. So it's taking ownership of who you are and being conscious of that and mm-hmm. making sure that you're taking care of yourself. I mean, the old adage of the plane is very much, um, uh, applicable here. Put your face mask on yourself before you help somebody else. You are not going to do anybody any good if you come in with a broken arm or if you're feeling fatigued or hungry or tired. Go home. No one's going to blame you for that. If you're not feeling 100% and you're not willing to give 100%, go home and donate money to somebody else or be available to bail somebody else out. There are so many ways to be a part of this movement and the front lines isn't made for everyone. It's um, not made for everyone. Yeah. Some other things that I, I've been thinking about is regular safety tips, like things that I think about just being a single woman, like going anywhere um, that I think a lot of people should be doing specifically in protest, making sure that one person is staying behind. And if one person is staying behind, they, they know where you are. And if you don't check in at this time, they know to come find you. That's important. Um, because if we got people out here that are cops out here walking amongst you trying to set you up, like, what do you think will happen if you are arrested? Like, mm-hmm. they try, they trying to get you to throw bricks through, through windows. Mm-hmm. Like, they want you to do that. So what do you think will happen if they catch you? What do you mm-hmm. think that, that will happen? So you really need to, like, 
I think it's really easy for everybody to be like, all my friends and I, we're going to go and show support and whatever, but there needs to be some there. You need to have, you need to have thought um, through a lot of these things. Who's going to stay behind? Um, Is there like, a, a location that you will all meet if you get separated, like making sure everybody knows where that location is. Um, probably not a police station, but um, like making sure you find those places. Um, what are what are you going to do if you're arrested? Who is the person that's going to be your contact if you're arrested? Do you know what it's going to be for bail? Like, it, are, are you going to need to be bailed out? Like understanding how things work in your city that you're protesting in also is super key. And then knowing like your actual rights. And I'm putting a, um, a couple of links in, in the episode um, and in the article for this episode, um, because there are a lot of things that people don't realize. Like, you know, if you're arrested or put in handcuffs and they're saying you're unlawfully um, gathering, you don't need a permit to gather, like nope. legally. You don't need that. So understanding like those things ask being able to ask an officer like am i am i free to walk away free to leave. is is a very key thing in this um because if they cannot give you a reason then remembering their badge number writing that down on the sharpie is important with a sharpie is important as well um what other things do you think people should know specifically about like being in that situation what can and can the police not do there is a um uh, a big uh, poster board at Monday's protest with a stay safe title and all these things to, to do. Some of the things that you talked about, Janelle, were on there. Um, never admit guilt. Um, I, when, when, when they were closing in on us, some people like actively got up and walked to them to be tied up. And I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, don't make this easy for them. Like, don't like, so um, I think the, what you said, Janelle is, uh, are you free to leave? Um, you have the right to assembly in a public space. If you are not participating in civil disobedience, um, you are legal. Uh, avoid anything illegal, of course. Having contact information um, of lawyers, uh, those I've seen those go around on social media about people that are willing to do pro bono stuff. And I'll, I'll type this all up for you, Janelle, too, so that you can put this on there to support it. But um, uh, don't, ask, uh, don't answer questions or share anything um, incriminating stay calm. That's a huge thing. Like really just stop and take some deep breaths. That's going to help. Uh, vocalize your right to remain silent. Do not reach into bags or pockets uh, without informing an officer. Um, ask for their card or badge number. Uh, that's that. I think that's huge. Um, so those are just a couple of things that was on the, uh, the poster board. Um, that I read right before we, we started walking. I didn't remember too much because it was a lot to take in. And I was like, ah, this is a lot. I should have read it earlier. I should have done my homework. But um, yeah, if Janelle, I'll, I'll share that with you and you can put that out there so that people can do their homework and be prepared for it. But mm-hmm. um, I think one thing that helped me out was just like, I wasn't going to make it easier for them to do anything. I just sat down, I put my hands behind my back and was completely neutral, staring ahead. Um, I did not get up when they wanted me to. And it was interesting when I was doing that, when I was just sitting down, staring ahead, being neutral, um, they would come and be like, we need you to get up. And I wouldn't get up. And they would like a couple times. And then they would just like 100% went to, Oh, I guess he wants to be dragged. Like putting the ownership back on me because I wasn't doing what they wanted to do. It was like, it gave them freedom to treat me less than. Um, and it was just like, 
I know that this is something that people of color experience all the time, but it was like one of the first times for me to be able to be like, wow, this is because I'm not doing exactly what they want in this moment. I am no longer a human being in their eyes and they can treat me however they want. And that's fucked up. Yeah. And it, some, but yeah, what's what's crazy is that sometimes it doesn't even take that. Like I, I remember I went to, to undergrad in Daytona Beach, which is undoubtedly the most racist place I've ever been in my life. Right. And um, we were on the I remember being on the beach once and uh, tons of us, thousands and thousands because it was spring break. So many schools were spring breaking. And my friend Brand, like we are we're all standing there. These two white guys get into a fight. My friend Brandon goes over, and he's always he's always the peacemaker, even still. Like, and this was uh, at this point like 19 years ago, you know. And um, he breaks up the fight, and the cops come, let the two white guys go, and then throw my friend Brandon to the ground with their knee on his back, his hands pinned down, and they just keep yelling, "Stop resisting! Stop resisting!" And we're standing there like he can't even move, and they just keep yelling it so they can have permission. Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is they wanted to do um and it just you know and so it it doesn't even take for you to not listen it's just them wanting to just put their power in there anyway um because that's what they do yeah Um, yeah. but you know just to add to the to the list i mean just for safety um i'm like always make sure your phone is charged like i had to i was at a protest recently and my phone got down to like one percent on power save mode, and I'm sitting there like, "Oh shit!" And so I I start walking around just outside of the protest, looking for like outlets. I'm going into like bank um, ATM centers and um, looking for the outside. Like I couldn't find anything, and I'm just like, "Okay, if anything goes down, you have to like." A lot of us because we have cell phones don't know anyone's number anymore. Right. Um, know someone's number who's going to come get you like i I don't know how jails are now um but i remember the one time uh in college when i when i did get locked up and it wasn't for protest it was for some stupid shit but um i was in there for like a while and the only number i knew was my mom and i was like i'm not calling my mom to tell her i'm in jail 800 miles away because she would show up (laughs) and she would be She would, and she would, but she would cuss me out. Be one, but she would also show up and then be more upset that she had to come eight hundred miles to, show up. to yeah. show up and get me out of jail. Yeah. And so I, so I sat there thinking, like, okay, someone saw me get locked up. Like people I know saw me. Yeah. Hopefully they spread the word, and luckily they did, and I got out. But um, and I just remember from that moment on, I was like, I need at least three or four numbers memorized of people I know mm-hmm. that will show up for me Yeah, uh, if something was to go down. Um, you know, the cops, you know, if they stop to talk to you, like I don't stop and talk to any cop. If they say, hey, can I talk to you? Absolutely not. If I'm not under arrest and you're not detaining me, then we have absolutely nothing to talk about. Yeah. You know, at, at, at no point, uh, you know, I watched, I grew up on Law and Order and you know, Matlock and all, <laughs> and, and in the heat of the night, I know the law. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right, I'm a right. certified paralegal. Like right. it's the whole, uh, I think the whole Dave Chappelle joke, I think it was Dave Chappelle, who's like, you know, every black man is a certified paralegal. Like, yeah. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, you know, so just knowing, like knowing the law is very important. Um, 
so many yeah. people get out there and they don't know that they can say, no, you can't ask, you can't talk to me. So people will go, the cops will stop them and they'll say, where do you live? And they feel like they have to answer that. Yeah. Or what's your phone number? They feel like they have to answer that. I remember like the thing that got me, I was, um, like I said, I was like maybe 10 or 11 or nine when I had my first cop incident, but the movie Panther had come out. Um, and I remember, I think it was Panther, and there was a line in there where it was like, you can't ask me where I live, pig, and da, 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 da. So when I, so I, you know, watching that, I remember being stopped by the cops in my hometown, and they were like, where do you stay? Oh, you can't ask me that. Yeah, and I, I just remember repeating it. What's, what's, who do you live with? I live with my, I stay with my grandma over here. Where, which house is hers? It's none of your business. Am I under arrest? You know, and that was because of a movie. Now imagine, yeah. I don't even know if that shit was real, but because of the movie, ooh, it's what it was. When, I have two questions that I want you guys to think about and maybe answer. Um, Can I just real fast just yeah, yeah. go about preparing? Um, stretch, yeah. stretch, motherfuckers, stretch. Because <laughs> if you yes. are entertained for three hours with your hands tied behind your back and you're 38 years old and you've never protested before, it's going to hit you for days and days after. So stretch your body and take care of your body before you go out there. Um, I think that's, that's key. That is actually a really good point that, like, I don't think people think of, no. especially for those of us who think 38 is 28. Exactly. I love stretching, y'all. I love stretching all day long, and I did not do it Monday, and I'm feeling it right now, okay? Because here's the thing. You don't know what position you're going to be in. You don't know where you're going to be. Your body is going to be, if you get detained, your body is going to be put in uncomfortable situations that you've never had to experience. So if you're not setting yourself up for success, you're going to have a hard time recovering. And that's okay. I'm not like boo-hoo, woe is me, but I'm just saying like, help yourselves. I know now that I'm going to do some really good arm, back, and leg <laughs> stretches before I go back out. Yeah. Um, so quick question. Uh, the two questions are for the, for the newbies and for the vets, right? So um, what do you wish you knew before you first went out? And then... <laughs> and or, right, um, for the vets who this is their third, fourth, fifth time and they think I got this, what do you think they need to be reminded of? What do you think you are constantly having to be reminded of? So both sides of that. I wish I knew how much the, <clears throat> the media was going to lie. Um, you know, and it wasn't until Ferguson which I, you know, crazy enough, was six years ago. Um, six years ago, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. But it wasn't until then that I realized how much the news was a lie. And like there were times when we were out there, and it would, or yeah, we would be out there, and the news would be like, "Oh, the protest is happening here, and it's crazy, it's crazy." And we would get to that location and no one would be there. Like literally no one. And it would be like, what footage are they showing? Mm. And it was old footage. And um, which, is, which was, I think, for me, as far as I know, this was the first time people were actually live streaming it from their own devices. Mm -hmm. And so we, were, we became the news. Mm -hmm. um, and people were like, well, why does, why does your... Uh, why does your Facebook feed look, or Instagram, or whatever we were using? I think we were using like Ustream or something back then. And it was like, why does it look so much different from MSNBC? It's like because they're lying. Um, because had I known that that was going to happen, 
I think we could have put more people in, in place that more reporters or more um, people who were trustworthy. I, you know, when we got there, it was me and three friends and one who was a, who was a reporter. And so he was like, I, I'm just going to go and just and he was um, between he had just left one job because he didn't want to be in that place anymore. But he was still looking for an, uh, uh, a news source to work for. And so he's like, I'm just going to go and just be the news and maybe someone will pick it up and I can just dish it in different places. And we got there and that's what he did. So when we left, we were there for a week the first time and we, we drove and we drove the 16 hours back. I think we were home for about five hours when he called and was like, um, this station wants me to go and cover it for them. Do you want to drive back? And I was like, yeah, shit, fuck it, let's go. And so we drove the 16 hours back and stayed for, for a while. And it was like, uh, now it was like, okay, this is the real news. So then, so you realize that there's news you can trust and there's news you can't. All the news sources that I see on Twitter even, they're all like, oh, and the, they're, they keep trying to change, have that narrative of, the protesters are looting and the, and I, and I keep retweeting it. Like those aren't protesters. Those aren't protesters. Those aren't protesters or the protesters are shooting at cops and none of that. No, they're not. And you know, so you have that. Um, and I, so it's like, Oh, we need, I would have put more things into place then knowing. So I wish I knew that from the beginning. And now that I know, you know, it's, it's easier to do and it's easier to be able to write your own stuff. Even if you're not, a, I'm not a journalist. I am a writer, but I but you're kind of a journalist. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I report on things, you yeah. know, I, I'll report on it. Kind of, um, you don't get to have your, your platform size and not be a journalist. Like yeah, you have a pretty big platform. So I, and I appreciate all those people. <laughs> um, but I, I, and the other one was, um, what do I tell the, People, what I want the people to remember the old folks. Yeah, the vets. I think I want them to remember why they're there. Like I, I just, it's a, again, it's the intention, and so I want them to to hold on to that. I, I think that that is for everything in life, but especially for this, is like remember why you're here, mm-hmm. you know, um, and remember why the people did it before. Whether you feel it succeeded or failed, um, they were there and they showed up and you know, remember why you were here and pass that down, pass, you know, tell, share that with, with some of the, with others who want to come out. Like I have a million friends who, um, I have a million friends, some who are like, I want to go to the front line. Some like, I can't do it. Um, so it's like, there are so many other ways to do it. You're an artist, be an artist. Yeah. You yeah. are a singer, sing, you you dance dance you know whatever it is there's there's something for everyone who wants to participate in the yeah. in the protest and so you know don't say you can't go out there and and not do it don't use that as an excuse because I'll tell you I'll find something for you to do here here are five hundred offices that need to yeah. be called today yeah. here are ten thousand emails that need to yeah. be sent out and so either you want to do it or you don't yeah cr um, I think something that I would have liked to have uh, known Friday when I went out was uh, be mindful of who you're recording. Um, I was willy nilly with my Facebook live, just capturing all this shit. Cause I was excited and it was cool to see all these people there. And I was just um, unapologetically filming all those people. And uh, afterward later that night, um, a friend and activist of mine was, he stayed longer than I did. And that's when shit went down. Uh, in downtown Dallas uh, with tear gas and he was recording live and he, uh, I just 
saw it briefly and he was like, and I'm going to try to not catch people's faces. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so on Monday when I went out and I was Facebook living, I was very, very, very conscious um, and trying to just catch people's legs as I was walking. Um, and like from like three quarter down, I mean, it's good. Here's the thing. You're going to, you're not going to be able to truly achieve that. I think, especially when you're trying to catch the moment, which we should be doing, mm -hmm. but just being mindful about when you do turn around and you try to, you know, pan the whole um, crowd, don't focus on too many people. Just try to slowly just get a snapshot of it and then go back to, um, filming legs and ankles and things like that and backs of heads and things just just being mindful like darnell you said it too like like um this this footage can be used against us that's what i was they, gonna say they can target people with that and i've seen some stuff that um i don't know if this is conspiracy theory i'm not gonna say either way but i've seen some stuff talking about how like people were hunted down after ferguson and freddie gray that like people may have lost their lives because they protested because people saw them and then went after them. I don't know if that's true or not. I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. My life. Like, what are we doing? Like burn it all down. Like that's fucked up that people are going out and using their, um, the actual rights that everybody says that we have. And yeah. yeah. And so, I think that is important because, and I, I know you already said it. I'm going to re-say it again because I've, I, I myself am guilty of thinking, and I've never said it, but I myself am guilty of thinking, like, if you don't want to be seen, then why are you here? Like, yeah. if you're really scared of of what people will think and what people will say, then why are you here? But it's not just about protecting yourself and your job or whatever that is. It is also that it can't, the same the same way that you don't have to answer questions or you don't want to take a, a, a selfie is the same reason that you don't get these people on video. So. Yeah. It's important to, to say that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something that I wish I would have learned, and I'm trying to be conscious about that as I, as I continue to go out. Um, I, I mean, veterans, I don't know if I have a, a chance to speak to that. I can just tell you that, like, my um, – I was really afraid Monday night. And so I think it's, I think it's important to remember that, that fear um, and to appro approach it um, humbly uh, and respectfully, but not to give into it, you know, that, like, they – they're afraid of us. Um, and this is, and they're afraid of us. And you can tell that by using their tactics to make us afraid. And if we cow down to that fear, if we give into that, then they do win. Um, and it, it, it's, it's scary. Um, I, I don't want to get to a point where I ever lose that fear, but I don't want to give into it. And so I think it's important that we remember that. Um, and I don't know. I just think, you know, at, at the end on, on the bridge, people were just like hanging out and like shooting the shit and like talking to cops. And I was like, I don't want to be their fucking friend. Like, why are you talking to them? Like, mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't know. That's, that's me just being new at this, figuring that out. And you know, I'm kind of a very black and white person pun, not intended at all. But like when I go in, I'm all in 100%. And it's like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to make a friend right now. Like I'm here to fucking dismantle this thing right now. Like this is, and, and afterward, I'm not just going to sit around and be like waiting for them to like, this is a big deal. Like we almost got arrested. Like I think those feelings need to be captured and we need to hold on to it and we need to remember that. And we don't need to lose that, that passion. Um, because while we're talking about other shit, cops are fist bumping in front of us and it's disgusting. They're, they, they don't care about you or I or anyone in that situation right there. It's another day at the office for them. And it's, and it's obvious too, because they're like, they're, it was a shit show. No one knew what was going on the entire time. And they don't, they're not taking it seriously. And so we have to take it seriously. 
even more so. Um, and so I just, just remember that I think for all of us, because the more you do something, the more you're going to become a little, um, desensitized to it. And I don't want any of us to ever get to the point where we take this for granted, uh, because it, we can't, because it, it will be taken away from us unless we stay vigilant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny, like with, with the cops, man, like, um, you know, I, I, there's so many, like, I know many, I know many police officers, many cops, some in my family, some who are friends, they see my post and, and they know it's something that we would never, ever speak about. Like, no, and they know I'm a I'm hundred percent against their job. You, we have so many people who say, you know, I became a cop because I wanted to make a change from the inside. And we might, and as far as I know, they, they are doing a great job at what they do, but they're still police officers. Yep. And I'm not going to, I can't change my view of police officers because I know when I, I saw a sign um, at the Black Trans Lives Matter, the uh, protest the other day, it was a sign that was like, uh, it was in quotes that said, uh, but my uncle is a cop. And under that, it was like, fuck you and your uncle. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh God, right on. <laughs> um, Here's the thing. If you're going to be, a, if you're going to be a good cop, prove it. Take these people down. Like I can't. You said it, Darnell. Everyone knows a cop that's bad that has done something, and they're protecting them. Yeah. You are every cop right now is protecting somebody, unless you're putting down that fucking face mask and that face shield and that body shield and coming out into the crowd. Quit your job. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna stop it. Just quit your job. You can't. Like, there's no way that it's it's, it's yeah. It's it's like even even at the protest in Harlem um, last weekend. You know, we get there and there's a point where we get to these cops and they their windows of, the, of their van, are their windows are smashed out, glass everywhere. Cops are surrounded the van, uh, batons in hand, ready to just, look like they're ready to just take off on someone's head, you know? And people got into, people tried to get into conversations with the police officers. I'm like, no, don't do it. But they do it anyway. And there's this one um, black cop who's there and he's like, he's talking to one, this one woman, he's like, you know, I'm from here and I, I get it, I get it. She's like, yes, but what, how do you feel about what's happened? And how do you feel, you look around and you see these cops and you see these black people, you see these white cops here and these Asian cops here and how they have their batons and they're ready. And even some of the black cops and they're ready to just hit anybody. How do you feel about that when you see that? And then he like, when I say he skirted around that, that issue, like he never answered her question. She stood there for like 10 minutes talking to him about it and he just never answered it and i was like and they, there's an issue there's that's, a problem that's the breath yeah there's a because you can't be black and a cop yeah you know you, the the bad ones know that that's what you will do uh-huh yes they, they know that that's what you will do you're going to protect them and you're going to say like you know i always in these situations I always think about all the people who say you know, they're just doing their job. It's like, it's a lot of people who, who did fucked up things in the name of their job. You have all these people like, you know, my grandfather, uh, like look at the Holocaust. You know, there were a lot of, there were a lot of Nazis who weren't really racist. Uh, they were just, it was just a job. Okay, yeah, it's a lot of cops during, uh, today, I'm about to say during Jim Crow, but he should hell today. Uh, yes. who, are just, okay. right, same, same, uh, who are just doing their job. Yeah. You know, um, and it's like, yeah, but your your job is killing black people. Yeah. You know, it's, and 
I, I, I lived in, you know, I lived in South Africa for a few years and you remember the apartment you came to visit me in Janelle, right? So yeah. my shower, I don't even know if I told you the story when you were there, I might have, but my shower um, door was kind of broken. So the water would leak out into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first moved in, I reported it like day one. I was like, you know, my shower door, the water's leaking out. I need to stop something. Somebody needs to come and like line the bottom or whatever. And they were like, oh, we're going to send our head of maintenance. His name is Shalk. He'll come tomorrow um, and he'll fix it. So I'm like, all right, cool. I go to my friend's place who lives a couple of blocks away. We're drinking and he's from Alabama, but he also lives in South Africa at this point. And he's a white guy. And he's like, um, yeah, how do you like the place? So I tell him, I'm like, oh, the shower water's leaking. They're going to send in shock tomorrow to fix it. He was like, no, they can't. Don't, don't let them send shock to your apartment. And I was like, why? So during the apartheid, Shark's job was to kill Africans. Who and Shark was a white guy, so during the apartheid, Shark's job was to kill Africans who were at the up, at uprisings and uh, and rebelled against apartheid, mm. and probably killed hundreds. Who knows, you know? But he definitely killed many. And once apartheid ended, he went to prison for about three years, got out. Now he's the head of maintenance for the apartment complex for the for the owners of the entire development of this neighborhood. And so I'm like, oh shit. So I got to call. So one, I don't want to live in this neighborhood anymore. But right. two, um, I, I gotta don't want him to come to my house. Definitely can't come up in my house. So I was like, oh, y'all can't send shock. They were like, well, what happened? I was like, because he kills Africans and he killed black people during the apartheid. And I feel like y'all knew this and you still hired him. I was like, because if I know and I just moved here a week ago, then I know you know. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, what do you want us to do? I said, well, fire shock and find somebody to come fix my apartment, but not him. So they sent this horrible guy. I mean, he was so bad at his job. The water never got, <laughs> the bath, the tub never got fixed. Okay, but so I, this I, is what I will say. I didn't know the backstory, but I do know that the shower wasn't fixed. The shower was not fixed, <laughs> and it never, it was never fixed because I refused to let them send proper people in to fix my shower because it's like, you don't do that. And when I had, and when I could, I moved out, I left. Yeah. went to a different place and it was like no but so it's like all these people doing the doing their job they're like they were like shocks well he's not he's not racist he's just that was the job he had he was security and that oh okay right on well that's i think that goes to a, a, another point that you were talking about a little bit earlier about this like a capitalistic viewpoint of like how a salary is more important than other lives like we we shouldn't be able to our 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 livelihood should never trump somebody else's like the idea that i feel bound by a job in order to make money to pay my rent and eat my food and that job is going to kill other people like you don't have an excuse there like what happened to integrity what happened to being able to look at a situation and being able to remove the situation remove themselves from the situation and doing the right thing like that's that's no longer a, a question here and I Monday- that, like, no one else knows how to manage like are we really saying like he's the onlyest one in all of South Africa that knows how to manage like is that the only one you can so like nobody else in South Africa like the whole country huh nobody and I mean you said it Darnell it's a it's they're doing their job it's a job it's a job yeah chose to be there yeah you know who do stuff black people in America they didn't choose to be born that way and you're killing them. You don't have to do that job, motherfucker. Get a new one. And you know what? I got a couch. 
Come stay over at my, you know, I got a whole guest room, not even a couch. I got a whole guest room that you can have, Mr. Copper. If you want to lose your job and you can't afford a place to stay, come on over. My husband's a great cook and I've got a calf can for you. Like there's no, you have choices. You have a choice. Stop letting the job dictate your life and stop letting your job kill and stop letting your job make you kill black people. It's that simple. I don't, I, I, you can't put it any other way. When I was, and, and people at the, a protester Monday night was like, well, they're underpaid and they're overworked. Absolutely. You, I will grant you that. The system's broken. Um, cool. You know what happened the last time that I was in a job that I was underpaid and underappreciated? I left. Left. Why, 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 are you, why are you still there? Yeah. You're, here's the thing. Even cops who I don't agree with right now, your life is worth more than that and you should have more self-respect than to be beholden to a system that's going to kill black people. Like yeah. you're better than that. You are 100 better. We all make mistakes Yeah. and you can fix it. Quit your job. Quit your job. <laughs> Period. Okay. I have I mean, that's actually a good t-shirt. <laughs> Quit your job. Quit your job. I've been saying it when I left my job to everyone. I was like, I'm free, y'all. Quit your job. T-shirt worthy. It's terrifying, but people will help you. Yeah. Your family and friends, you are not alone. They so, know. They, listen, they know. Don't explain it to those police officers. They, <laughs> they'll be all right. They know what they're doing. They, they're there because they want to be. They're there because part of them wants to do it. You know, like, um, I remember, so I remember, Real quick, I remember when um, during Ferguson they sent uh, Holder down, and my mom made a post. I actually have a cousin who um, he's married to a white woman, and she made a post, and she was like, "You know, I can't believe they're sending Holder down to Ferguson to see the protesters when no one went to the funeral." But he did. But Obama didn't send him to the funeral of so and so general, and so my mom was like, "Well, because black people are being murdered." And it needs to stop. And that's where he needs to be instead of a funeral. And she's like, well, the protesters don't deserve so-and-so. And my mom was like, well, my son. And so when I was in, in Daytona, I was held at gunpoint by police for absolutely no reason whatsoever. A gun on my head, a gun on my friend's head. Crazy situation. And my mom put that, told her that story. And she was like, so you think that the cops are out here just going out and targeting black people just because? Yes! And she was like, your son must have done something. And my mom was like, how about this? You are never allowed to come back to Virginia, <laughs> any family reunion. Right. Ever, you know what I mean? And, and Almost don't send your kids. I told her that. It was like, you, you, you are not a part of this. Like, what the fuck are you, what are you saying? Yeah. And so like, so you have these people who, who, yes, they do go out, who become cops because they do want to go out and target people. Yeah. Like, why is that's not so hard to believe? Mm -mm. It happens all the time. Like, huh, what's the best way to kill black people? I'm going to become a doctor or a, I'm going to become a doctor, lawyer, or a cop. Right, like, because know, it's legal. You know, because that's the legal, legal way. They have a whole at University of Virginia Medical School, which is one of the top 100 hospitals in the U.S., they did a study and found that 30% of medical school students didn't believe black people felt pain at the, or the same level that white people did. When, when, was, when was this? This was like a couple of years ago. 30%. <laughs> and so you, so me. For those who can't see, VR just got up and walked away. He, he, can't, walk he, can't, he can't do it. He's done. So you have, so me knowing this information now, 
and I, I have a blood clot issue where, you know, if I get a blood clot, this shit is painful. I'm in the hospital and the doctor decides, he's like, I'm telling him how painful it is. I'm like, oh, the pain is at level 10. And he's like, okay, I'm going to give you this prescription. Uh, it's for a very strong Tylenol. And I'm like, oh, is it because I'm black? And he's like, what do you mean? What? What do you mean? I'm like, because I think if I was white, you'd give me Percocet or Vicodin. Yeah. Or an actual drug that's going to take this pain away. Because I'm black, I think you're going to give me Tylenol. And he's like, and so then I get, I show him the article. He's like, oh my God. And then you, that's the reason black babies in the NICU don't get the same medication white babies in the NICU get. Uh, black mothers are dying at a, at a higher rate. Black, black women are dying significantly you know, quicker so in childbirth. So you become a doctor, yeah. a judge, or a yeah. lawyer, or a cop because you want to kill black people. Yes, that is a thing. That's you know? a thing. Yes. And, 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 the, and the response to that, I saw somebody post just recently, um, if you can believe that I got my job or I got into college because I'm black, why is it so difficult for you to not believe that I'm being targeted because I'm black? There we like, go. If, if, if you can believe that affirmative action is only because you're black, not because of anything that you earned, then um, why can't you believe the, right. the opposite? Like racism didn't just end, y'all just let us in more places. Right. I said, well, so I said, I said to someone very recently, I was like, slavery didn't end. We just stopped calling it slavery. There you go. Yeah, it, you go. It, that's all it is. It didn't, it didn't stop. We just stopped calling it that. Yeah. We called it something different. Right. So, shackles, the shackles changed colors and sizes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, like even King, like King himself, you know, people, they quote, they quote, they quote, they quote, which by the way, I saw a meme today that was like, stop quoting King. You killed him too. Right. Yep. There was a, uh, you know, like he he talked a, about integration, yes, but he also didn't believe that school should have been integrated because he knew that what would happen is we're going to send our kids to these people who we've got to tell these people, now you're forced to teach our kids. You think they're going to just be like, oh, absolutely. No. They were just calling these kids niggas like a week ago? Like, absolutely. This morning. Hell, they were calling these kids, so they, they were calling these kids like, before they walked into work. <laughs> so even today, like today I saw the article, like actually, yes, last night, you know, Black Twitter, they're sharing like this, um, the screenshots and the, and the pictures of this woman who works at a, in the North Carolina school system yeah. who uh, was ta- was last week was saying, uh, kill all the niggas. Oh, she's a, oh, you're a teacher. Oh, of course you are. You know what I mean? Of course this is where we're sending our kids. That's... I, I'm, I'm really hesitant to even bring this up right now as we've been talking for so long, but I was writing about this last night and I just, I'm, I'm curious, just Jarnell, what you talked about, the idea of um, not integrating schools. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if, you know, this, if we're where we are right now because we didn't approach separate but equal the right way. Oh, that's absolutely why absolutely. we are where we are. Absolutely. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I, you know, like a lot of, okay. you know, I get a lot of heat, a lot of flack because there are many, many times when I, when I say that the civil rights movement failed in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. It, was a, it wasn't a success, yeah. right? Because while we had, while one thing was coming up, another thing was coming down. Like we, we broke so many barriers legally, economically failed. You know yeah. what I mean? Education. Failed. Like we we were sent into this burning house, but you know, essentially, and it's like all of us like all of a sudden these things didn't just change. Like um I had an argument uh on Sunday and was it was kind of like, what do you mean it was a failure? You know, we got we integrated the bus system, we did this. I was like, listen, 
they really like I'm not sure that civil rights did that. They realized how much money they were going to lose. They were losing, right? And said, "Oh, let, let's we can't just, afford that. Let's just let them sit in the front. Yeah. We can also just take this part down." Shit didn't change. We haven't moved mm-hmm. anywhere, yeah. really. Which is why we're still in the streets. Yeah. Like, like, why in 2020 do I have to say I just want to live? And people right. are saying, "No, nah. no." Nah. Really, the argument that's happening because yes. something didn't go right. It's like. I just don't want to be killed by police officers. Yeah, we hear you, but no. But no. Oh. You know, like I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna put any laws on the books to protect you. No, of course we're gonna police the police are gonna police the police. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that that went over better than I was expecting because as as a, as a, as a gay man, um, uh, I've been wondering that, especially with the debate of marriage equality. I was like, I don't want marriage. I want something different but equal and I just I don't know it, I think what makes us different is what makes us beautiful and we need to celebrate those differences and we can do that in a way that doesn't take away our humanity or our rights in this country so I 100% kind of do believe in separate but equal let me be myself I'm not hurting you just don't take my rights away from me and let me live my crazy ass queer life in Dallas that nobody cares about. Exactly. And you know, there are times when we can come together and be beautiful together and do these beautiful things together. But a lot of times, you know, like we were just saying in the group that I was in before this, mm-hmm. there are times when we need to not see you. you yes. Know, I work with, I work with people there, like even in a relationship, yeah. in a relationship, there are times I want to come home and not have to look at you, look at you in the face. There are times yeah. I don't want to come home at all. Yeah. If, I had, if I had a separate apartment, I would be there because there are times I need days off. I don't want to see white people at work all the time. Yeah. Sorry. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> and so, and of course they don't want to see me either. That they, they can't. <laughs> Right. Don't look at me. It's a white hand. It's a white hand. I'm sorry. Hold on. But you know, (laughs) (laughs) but that's what it is, you know. And I. But the problem with separate but equal is that it was definitely set. Nobody was bringing. Nobody wanted to be equal because I feel like, um, you know, no one fights for it. I feel like. Well, I think there are people who fight for equality. We fight for equality, but I think that white people who are in positions of power know what they did and think that we're going to do that yeah yeah you know that's what I, mean? what I, said. So I like, feel like the fear well, is, is not equality it. you're not afraid of equality you're afraid of revenge you're af- that's, that's what you're afraid, afraid of, of because yeah. you might not be like even like um when the whole thing happened in charlottesville there was there's a black farmer there who wrote this article Who's, who's like, I'm more afraid of, I'm more afraid of white women in yoga pants than I am of the Klan. Because it's, you know, it's like those- As you with, see with this last guy, what's his name? The the one who accepted her apology. Yes, that, that whole thing, you know, and um, Cooper in the park. And so it's like, you have these people who, um, are, are, are like, yeah, you know, you know, equality, 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 but it's, it, and that's what we want, but they think that we're going to do with them on them because no one wants to be in our place. No yeah. one wants to be yeah. where we are. Like, and people will admit that. Like, in, you know, you have these completely gentrified neighborhoods that were gentrified because of urban renewal when all the black people were pushed out of their houses into the projects. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee, like, all those, like, in Charlottesville, we had an area called Vinegar Hill. So in the '60s, uh, black people had lived there. They were thriving. Business owners, everything. 
the city came along and said, we're going to do a little renewal. We built these housing projects for you to live in. We're going to take this land, these houses, and fix it. They never did anything for years. And then when they finally did it, white folks moved into those neighborhoods, and now it's like almost completely white. Wow. And, I, and a lot of them are fighting, are joining these protests and saying, yes, 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 black people need rights. I guarantee you, if I went to their house and said, hey, this is so-and-so. She used to own the house back in 1963. Can she have her house back? Uh, no. Like, and so it's actually a project that I'm working on because I want to do that because I want to. I want them to hear themselves say no. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, I, well, okay. I want to say one thing and then I want to ask one last question because I think you hit on it a little bit earlier, Darnell. So I want to kind of go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say too. Yesterday I was challenged in a way that, like, in terms of thinking about equality and freedom. Um, where we're talking about, like, I think there's been this way that I, even in studying history, that I've been thinking, like, we want equality, we want equality, like, we want to be able to have equal access to resources and whatever that looks like, whether it's, you know, equal um, economic opportunities, whatever, whatever. And it occurred to me that it's, like, it's not even that I want equal, I just, I just want you to get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want a lack of, like, I just don't want you to impede me. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that was something that I was challenged with. And something you said just reminded me of that is like, I'm, I'm trying to kind of change because I've always read that, like, we fought for equality. That's what we wanted. We wanted, you know, all, that's what we've always been taught. But it's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not even telling you to give me the same thing that this person has. I don't want the same thing. Just like you said earlier, DR, I don't want the same. I just want you to get out of my way. I want you to stop holding me back so I can decide what it is I want. I can decide the path that I want to take to get there. I just need you to get out of my way, like dismantle all these obstacles Mm -hmm. to get out of my way. Um, So I'm kind of listening to y'all. And I, I think that'll be some of the things that I think about in going forward and protesting. Like, what is it that I'm really here for? I don't, I don't want you to treat me the same as you treat other white people. Because let's be honest, in terms of police, yes, I do think that they target black people, but I also think that people get off on power and pain. So it doesn't really matter who the recipient is. In some cases, they get off on power and pain. So I don't want you to treat me the same as some white people because you, you're doing them dirty too in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to get out of my way. I want you to stop, right. like, stopping me essentially um but one thing that you said earlier um was about like the many things that you can do and so as we've been talking about protesting i feel like there are a lot of people who who in fairness like with covid people are still gun shy about going out with these especially with these mass protests where you've got thousands of people going out and honestly i've been on social media and i've been seeing these post parties um where people are like at a pool party or at somebody's house, but then they show up the next day to another protest. And I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, so for those people who are either afraid to go out because of COVID or who want to go out, but they have kids, like there are a lot of different things that can be done that is still considered protest. Like you said, looting is a protest of sorts. So like there are still um, ways to do it. So I just wanted us to kind of end and talk about the other options of protest. Like um, mom mentioned that she was in a group where um, someone who is undocumented 
wanted to be out on the front lines and they wanted to help, but they know that they put themselves at risk by being out because they could be arrested. And so what they said was, I will babysit your kids. If that's, if that's where you want to go, like I, I will be a house that can babysit your kids. And, and that is still participating in a protest. Um, so I mean, look talk at the, a little bit about that. Like, you know, you get out to the front lines, you have people who, who aren't marching, who are, who are there on their stoop with cases of water. Yeah. Um, people with food, babysitters, um, people who are, who are like, hey, you can use my, you can use my Metro Pass to get there. Like there's so many ways to support. Um, every, every politician needs to be hit up yeah. repeatedly. Phone yeah. lines should be tied up. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I might go on a tangent here. I just, I've seen so many people on Facebook um, talk about like, a friend of mine posted, please remember that if you're posting images of black people being detained and murdered, that if you're posting that, you're, you could be triggering your, your, your friends and family. So please be mindful of that. And somebody said, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Just let me know when I post something that's not cool and I'll take it down. And I was like, no, stop it. Don't put the ownership. It is not the job of the oppressor to teach. Mm-hmm. The, it's not the job of the oppressed to teach the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone just needs to stop take a deep breath and start from themselves. What would I do in the situation? If I was seeing my queer brothers being attacked, would I want to see that video out there? No, then I will not do that. The same thing can be said about the protesting. What would I want right now? And start with your strengths and your talents and go from there. It, I mean, Darnell just said, get somebody your Metro card. If you are privileged enough to have a Metro card, then give it to somebody. That's a great idea. It can be that small. But I think we're looking f- to be taught and, and be guided when we have the tools in ourselves to start. And it starts with me. What do I want? And that's how I, I kind of live my life in general. Like if somebody dies, what would I want? I want someone to call me. So I call that person. I'm not afraid that they, and they can decide to pick up or not, you know, like don't be afraid to do something because you're afraid to be going to be how it's going to be received. That person can choose not to receive it. Mm-hmm. So stop making decisions for other people and do where you're coming from. You have to start with yourself and go from there. What can you bring to the table? Do you have a car? Drive people to the protest. Put that out there. Say, hey, I'm not going to go, but you can get into my car with a face mask and I'll drive you down and I'll pick you up afterward. Here's my number. Things like that. There are so many ways and it's, it doesn't have to be so big and boisterous and over the top and life changing. It starts small and simple. And if we all do that, then we'll create that energy and that wave that will dismantle everything. And I think that understanding that there are so many different ways to participate in a protest that's not just walking um, will allow a lot of people to tag in and tag out, right? So if you're close to that energy and you're like, I'm just here to provide water, there may be three protests down the line that you're like, you know what, I want to get out and march. And that will allow you that will give you like kind of that energy to get out in March, but allow somebody else to like, be like, I'm just going to hand out water today. Cause I just can't, I'm tired. Like it allows us to that whole marathon, not a sprint. It allows us to kind of help sustain ourselves. For sure. Um, make signs. If you're an artist, make signs and drop them off and then leave. It's okay yeah. to leave y'all. Like yeah. you don't have to be there. And I think at the end of the day, 
you should do something. If you have an impulse to do something, you have to do it. If you don't do it, that's when you become part of the problem. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, you know, in 50 years, 40 years, you know, what are you, what are you going to tell people? You know, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, and that's all. That's what I think about. It's like, what side do you want to be on? Like, if you if you want the freedom and that equality or whatever it is, your whatever that intention is or whatever it is you want, then you have to fight somehow for it. Today. Um, today. Yeah. Today. You know, and it, you know, like what? What's the? It's that quote that's like um, the the person who cares the most or whatever is the one who plants the plants the seed knowing he'll never sit under the tree. Yeah. You know yeah. And it's like, yeah, you you may not see it. I may not get the fruits of whatever it is I'm out there fighting for. But I know fighting makes me feel better about what might happen. I know that yeah. someone may see it and say they did this then. I look at people who fought in you know in 69, 68, 60, 67, 70s, 80s, and I'm like, yeah, they did it. I mean, we still got we gotta keep going. You know, yeah. um, any white people listening, talk to your white friends and family. Like that is really, honestly, don't white people don't go to the fucking protest. Talk to your family. We should have been doing that ages ago. Yeah. I mean, go to the protest, do what you want to do. But I think the real work that white people can be doing is to have those uncomfortable conversations because white people don't like to be uncomfortable. So we haven't been talking for a while and that's a problem. Um, and that's be ready to lose. Like I, I don't really have the best relationship with my brother and my mother right now. And it's for a lot of reasons, but one of them is, is this is what's happening. You know, like I, I, and that's okay. I don't, that's not important to me. And I'm not trying to be a martyr here. It's just like, you have to be ready to do that and be ready to, to lose that because it's a big deal right now. All of our lives are on the line. The, the, the fate and the, the, the future of this country is online and I don't care if my mom is going to get mad at me or my brother's not going to listen to me like but you have to have those conversations so start talking to white people about what they can do um, that is number one way to protest white people yeah. I also just want to piggyback on that as we kind of end out and so if you guys have any last words while I'm saying this think of any last words or if you think you've already said them that's cool too um, but um, kind of in line with that um, and something that I've kind of even been discussing with my mom. White people aren't used to looking to black people specifically um, in positions of leadership. And I think what happens is when they get to these places, like I guess, and I think I said something about this um, yesterday, I think I posted something about all of, because I'm seeing, I see a lot of white allies, but I also see a lot of white wannabe allies. Um, like they think they're saying, they're like, you know, you guys like, I get this, Black Lives Matter, but, and the butt gets me every time. Oh, but. Right, the butt gets me every time, right? So like, and I think the quote that I posted um, or the, the image that I posted yesterday was don't get so consumed with telling us how to free ourselves that you forget you have the key to our chains. Like you actually are the ones who, who are controlling it. And I said, I'm going to say this one time for the people in the back, but I'm also going to say this for the people who keep coming to the front who have never been in the back. And by that, what I mean is white allies, when you come to these moments of protest, your place isn't in the front. Like it's time to follow. 
You, mm-hmm. You're not used to being told what to do, um, especially in things like, because what you say when you move to the front is we don't think you know what you're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what we hear is exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So um, be mindful of the positions that you take in the spaces that you inhabit. Like, it's, and it's, always, yeah, it's like an active listener, right? Yeah. If you are there to, to show solidarity and support, that's what you do. You're not there to lead, no. right? So don't get there and then move your way to the front of the line, which kind of goes back to a little bit of what you were saying, DR, is like also being cognizant of that, what those optics look like. When you put yourselves like you, you think you're doing the right thing, but are you doing the right thing? Because you're, you're, you're in the front, right? Yeah. So like, are, but are you like, what, what's the reason for you choosing that? So just- yeah. Think on that. It's, it's not going to feel. It's not going to feel great. And also, don't expect thank yous, because you don't deserve thank yous for being there. So if you're if you're getting there, and you're you're like, oh, but they don't appreciate that I'm there. No, no, no. You you're supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody thank you for drinking water today. Like you, you were just supposed to drink water. Like that's what you do to live. Like ain't nobody thank you for that. So just don't expect the kudos. Don't expect the thank yous. Just go. Um, <laughs> A flip side about that, Janelle, though, is like I've, I've gotten a lot of that from going out on Monday and it feels really weird and I'm appreciative of it. I'm glad that people are reaching out, but it's like, yeah. like it, it's hard not to let that feed your ego and it fucking yeah. sucks because I'm grateful that people are recognized what I'm doing. But one, I should have been doing this a whole lot long ago. I felt like I didn't have a choice anymore. So why are you, why are you thanking me because I didn't have a choice? But then they are thanking me, and then I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. It's just like it's it's a fucking mind fuck. So I, yeah. I I don't. Part of me is like, don't thank people for doing it. But yeah. like, I know that I know they mean well. I know yeah. they mean well, and I am grateful for it. But there's almost like this weird dark side to that that I'm trying to very much stave stave off that it doesn't get in there and like feed my because. White savior is a huge fucking thing, and I wrestle with that all day long, and I do not want to be that. I want to be uh, uh, an ally that's there to support. And all these people thanking me and doing that is feeding that white savior aspect that I don't want to engage in. And so I don't expect a thank you, but also maybe don't thank white people for doing it. Like, (laughs) yeah, stop. (laughs) But don't, because I don't know how. (laughs) I'm sure it's tough. What do you have to say, Darnell? You got any words out? I feel like you said many words, so I'm you probably like. <laughs> I'm just. I'm going to show this. So my um, my granddad died years ago, years ago, uh, and he had all these these. Uh, he had this box of magazines, like old magazines. Yeah. And so I, I have this one sitting on my desk, leaving for the moon when man uh, went to the moon. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is it. This is where I'm going. So I'm out. <laughs> you know, I tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried it. We're just gonna try again on I a whole it. other. I hate it here. Uh, yeah, I hate it here. I'm out. But you know, I. But as long as I'm here, like even leaving though, uh, like I said, you know, I was in South Africa for a few years, but and even leaving, you still can't leave this. Yeah. Like there is no leaving it. Because um, I was there when. Um, Michael Slager, you know, he killed he killed the uh, the black guy 
shot him in the back as the, he was running away and then planted the gun on him. Luckily, it was a time when someone had a camera mm -hmm. and we were able to prove it. And I was there when they didn't give him the time. The first time, I think they, they were like, yeah, he's not going to get the time and none of that. And I was like, I'm not going home. But then I realized that I still had to fight. And so for, even from South Africa, I was fighting and yeah. you just can't escape it, which you is can't. the fucked up part. Like, it's just it this, you're just like, I'm stuck here until I die. Wherever here is, here, okay. like in, in your heart. It's funny because you and I have had this conversation and um, that I'm, I met you, of course, abroad. Mm -hmm. So you and I have had this conversation. That's the reason I don't know that a lot of people know why I came back. It's really easy to say I got homesick or it's really easy to say like I kind of lived my life. But really why I came back is because I needed to fight. Like I felt like I was, I had started Echoes in Colombia and I was doing Echoes in Colombia, but it was one of those things where I felt like I was so disconnected and there was this loneliness that I was feeling being in Colombia that I couldn't get by being here. Even if I'm not literally marching on the front lines, like I couldn't get it because I wasn't with my people you know what I mean like I wasn't with the people who were struggling and it was really easy to kind of have a lot of those conversations and start a lot of those conversations from abroad and that's why I came back and then when I talked to you about it you were like that's why I keep leaving but it's it's funny it's like we no matter where we are in the world we like we can't escape can't escape because we will always be black USian like that's who we are that's yeah. like we will always be that so um, Even Baldwin, you know, you had Baldwin who left and it was still like, who hated it? <laughs> who hated the U.S.? Like, I, I relate so much to that. And it's like, mm -hmm. but I have to go back and I have these conversations and march and walk and it won't end. I'll die fighting and we know it. Yeah. And it's just a thing. It's just a thing. Um, I think it's important, though, that you guys do leave when you need to leave. Like it's, yeah. it's exhausting. Um, I, and I, I don't, I, I will never fathom what it's like to be black in this country and in this world. So run away. And I say that with like all respect and not like the phrase run away, like protect yourselves and, yeah. and, and do what you need to do. Yeah, my, friend, uh, my friends who run black and abroad, um, the brand, I keep saying uh, I want a shirt. I need to, I, I mean, I'm not abroad anymore, but I keep saying I want a shirt. You need to get a shirt. Uh, yeah. Great, like great company. Um, they did a whole go back to Africa mm -hmm. campaign because, you know, you hear that so much in such a negative way. Yeah. But they flipped it and changed huh. it. And it's an amazing, if you get a chance to YouTube it, check it out. It's a beautiful uh, commercial that they shot. Um, go back to Africa. And mm -hmm. I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite, it's honestly, that's one of my favorite, I'm super thankful to Darnell because that's one of my favorite, like, life memories. Like, Colombia was a very life-changing thing, but going to Africa was a thing. So mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for you. Yeah, good time. It, oh, my it, God. And in that, yeah. Don't worry about it. We're going yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going back. We're going back. We're going back. <laughs> and um, you're welcome to, DL. You come on over. I'm, I'm yeah. going back. Hey, I, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I'll follow Janelle anywhere, and Darnell, you're in that, too. Let's go. <laughs> man. Come hang out. Um, well, I, again, I thank you. I know we went over, but we had a lot to talk about. Um, and you guys had a lot of, of, um, advice that I, I hope that, um, like I said, I'm going to try and get this out maybe tonight, um, or tomorrow for people who will be protesting. Um, I, I got your, um, 
YouTube, Darnell. So any other things that you think I can add to this article when I send out the email, um, yeah. uh, let me know. I'll add it so that people know what to look for, what to expect. Um, but uh, thanks so much for, like I said, answering the call last minute. Thanks for your continued activism um, and support of the show. And to those who are listening, don't be afraid to tell your story. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you. Bye.